Welcome to The Coven Connection, where magic meets empowerment. I'm Nicole Pilavon, your badass guide through the realms of witchcraft, healing, and all the things mystical. In this enchanted corner of the podcast universe, we're here to let you know that your journey to destiny begins here. You're not just heard, you are witnessed. So grab your broomstick or your business plan, because on The Coven Connection, we celebrate your unapologetic, magical self. Let's dive into the mysteries, manifest our dreams, and ignite the power within. It's time to connect with your inner coven of possibilities. Let's start the magic. We, every week, I have beautiful magical souls that come on and I get to share their magic with you ladies in here. This is the beautiful Miss Jackie. And what I love to do, I feel like even though I get bios from everybody before they jump on, I love letting you guys tell like your bio just because the passion comes through different, like the energy comes in different than when I'm just like, oh, this is what she does. Like, I just feel like it's a different vibe when you guys get to like brag on yourselves. You guys don't get to do it a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I am Jackie Reese. I help women specifically lose weight with ease, like, and find their inner confidence is what, what I like to say. So essentially, I help you align body, mind, and soul. I don't work with just the body, but all of the other aspects that go into it because it's all connected. A hundred percent agree. Like 1000. <laughs> That's why I was like so excited to like have you come on just because I feel like a lot of the views when it comes to fitness and like spirituality, we are very like similar in that aspect. Super similar. Yeah. So I was like, when you said yes, I was like, yay, just because I like <laughs> love that space. And so I wrote down some questions. Chances are we'll vibe a different way though. <laughs> we end up going in. The first one that I wanted to ask was like for you to share with everybody, like how did you get started on your journey? Like the, cause I know that you have done a lot of shares of your like before and afters, which are phenomenal. So I just wanted people to understand. I feel like there's this idea around fit, people who are in fitness that they like come into it like really easily and like it just flows for everybody. So I love for you to share your story. Okay, awesome. This is a great question. So a little about me. I mean, I've been on my fitness journey since I was like in ISO soccer, which was like, you know, like eight years old. So I've absolutely just loved fitness my whole life. I've always worked out. It's always been a thing. I've never fallen off. Like I'm Aries, you know that. So I'm like, need it, right? But at the same time, six years ago, I was on my own personal weight loss journey because I started, I was working in corporate America. I started struggling with with anxiety and I, t- I took this anxiety medicine and it made me gain like 20 pounds within like six weeks. So then I had to go on my own personal journey and then the medicine was fighting against it. So it was very hard. And even though I was working out, it was, there was other factors. And that's why I think I'm so passionate about incorporating the other aspects of things because it's so important. You know what I mean? I think that's where most people get stuck and they start running into a wall when they're just focused on the body and the nutrition and the workouts. And they just keep working out and running into the freaking wall. You know what I mean? Yeah. I thought, and I feel like there's a lot of ladies in here too, that will a hundred percent relate to that space too, of like having to work against. I feel like a lot of people, People in spirituality have come from a background of working with some form of anxiety, all of these spaces, because, and I feel like a lot of it comes from suppressing, this is my own personal soapbox shit, but suppressing the spirituality, suppressing our gifts, 
trying to play a role in society that everybody embraces. And so that's compounded in with trauma and all the other stuff. Yes. Yes. It's like it's, you're trying to fit into that little box. You yes. know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's so crazy. And so I think that's when I really found spirituality. So I was like, all right, I'm not going to take this medicine. I really need to find a holistic way to deal with this. Right? So that's when I started yoga. And of course it started through the body, but then it like led me down this path of spirituality. So that's how I got into the whole spiritual journey. And now I do everything holistically. I don't take any medicines, medicine, but at the same time, you know, like I, I there's nothing against it. That was just my personal preference because of my experience with it. And like the weight gain, I was like, I'm traumatized. Yeah. So, and a lot of people, I feel like they are. And a lot of people in here will work in that realm too, where they work so hard to remove that aspect of their, their journey, which is beautiful. And that was the second question I wanted to ask you was how you stepped into the spirituality aspect of it. The other part of it too, is what I don't think people understand is when you talk about the spiritual aspect, like the gifts that you have that you bring to, we'll dive into that aspect too, but it's very beautiful. It's like a tree, all the branches that we can hit with how you work in the way that you do. When it comes to workouts, you're very knowledgeable. When it comes to nutrition, you're very knowledgeable. But I don't know if people have ever understood the gifts that you do have, that you bring to the table. is not just, I'm just going to give you workouts. I'm not just going to give you nutrition. And you say, we work all the realms. This is where I would love for people to, it's 11-11 right now, too, as we talk. 11-11. Yeah, like, here we go. So if you could, like, share a little bit of the gifts that you have and how they support the journey when you are looking to build that confidence, you are looking to find your body again and all of those spaces. Yes. So, I mean, like you said, it's, it's really hard to put it into words, right? I incorporate yoga into the work because that's really what helps me get into the spiritual side of things. So I think that's kind of how I open the door for most people. And then they're like, oh, I see. And then, you know, meditation. And then I also incorporate like Reiki energy healing into like the programs and stuff like that. So that's kind of how I gateway it in. And then they're like, Wow, because I mean, there a lot of people I work with are dealing with stress, anxiety, like I was. So it really helps them to release that. And then they can release the energetic weight, the emotional weight, all that kind of stuff, you know? So understanding those spaces, being able to incorporate Reiki at the same time. And I feel like a lot of people think like, so this was a hard one for me when I was in the space. When we tap in to the fitness aspect of things, and a lot of people have done the fad diets, they've done the, the diet after diet, the cycle, all of these things. And they're like, I will lose and then come back. I lose and then I come back. Yes. One of the things that they're not seeing is that there's like an energetic block yes. in the way. There's yes. a pattern and a cycle. And so when you work with Reiki, that really transitions that out of the way. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, I was in that cycle, you know what I mean? Before I found spirituality, I was in, I like to call it the weight loss roller coaster, the yo-yo it's up and down, you know, and I couldn't get out of it. And I think that like, once you're able to release the energetic block, it's a game changer because it's stuck somewhere in there. And you can stay in that cycle forever of self-sabotage with any aspect of life, but especially when it comes to the body, you know? Yes. And like, when you work with Reiki, some ladies in here are going to be really like fluent with understanding the Reiki and everything. Some people in here might not, but understanding when we talk about the energetic blocks, there are blocks in parts of your, we'll say the basic fish chakras, because there's a million of them in your body. But the <laughs> line that you see, there's so much that tracks in there. And if we have heartbreak, somebody who has been um, 
in a traumatic experience where somebody has been sexually abused or anything like that, like a lot of times the self-sabotage comes through because that trauma comes back through to protect themselves. So it's this protective layer to self-sabotage so people don't see their appearance. And these are blocks that shift and get moved when we work with Reiki at the same time, we can bring it to light and work with the energy of it, which I think is really overlooked in a lot of spaces. And it's really powerful work when you can tap into that. So understanding those spaces, but also understanding that Miss Jackie is super intuitive as well. She does card readings. And I saw some of the card readings that you do in your free community. It's mostly in your free community that you do them, right? I've actually moved it out to my main community. Um, I yeah, I know. I just, I feel like I, most of my audience is on my main, so I felt like it was just like, why not just move it there, you know? So yeah, I, I do it on my main now. And do you want to give like a little description of what some of the card readings are? I'd like. Yeah, so basically I do mind, body, and soul readings. So I basically tap into what is that energetic block or that emotional block in their way. So I use, typically I'll use like a chakra deck, but you know, if it's around the moon, I'll use something else. But I'll be able to feel, it's really weird. I can like feel in the body where the block is. You know, if it's in the throat, I'm sure you get this too. Like I'll start coughing, I can feel it where the block is, but I also use the, the cards too to kind of feel where the block is. But it's pretty, it's pretty cool. Yeah. And those, it's beautiful because it's very much like having like a, um, a psychic, like a uh, practitioner, like going to the doctor. <laughs> you know, I feel like we need to work in this space here. And it's yeah. always really powerful too, when they, uh, when they open up to receive those messages, to be able to watch what transpires after is just so powerful because it's a shift that happens fast. If you're looking for rapid weight loss, like I feel like stepping into these spaces are the most, besides any fad diet, you're going to be able to step in deeper. It's just really beautiful. Yeah, because um, otherwise, like you said, you're just stuck on that roller coaster with a block in your way. So understanding, I feel like we kind of tapped into this a little bit, but I wanted to ask also from your side, because I feel like a lot of times people do these interviews and it's a lot of like the outside questions as opposed to being able to connect with a person. For you personally, when it comes to fitness and spirituality, how intertwined are they in your everyday? Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, I'm all about like, I mean, so here's the thing when COVID happened, that's when I really got into this realm of like mind, body, and soul. So I was into yoga before, but then I deep dove into it when COVID happened and I started with the self-development, right? So I started getting into Tony Robbins and working on the mind and reading and listening to Trent Shelton, just stuff like that. And I was like, this stuff is powerful, you know, especially if you combine the two. So like, I will like go for a walk and listen to a podcast, like that kind of stuff. I'm all about it. I'm driving and listening to that stuff. I'm always training my mind. I have to embody my work. I can't just sit here on my soapbox and be like, you know, do as I say. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, I live it. I live and breathe it. And then the spiritual aspect, I'm getting, receiving Reiki a lot. There's things that I do. I do spell work, magic, like card You know what I mean? So all of that stuff is a part of my everyday life obviously meditation yoga all of this so yeah i mean it all goes together i think and that's why when covid happened i was really able to get to the best you know shape of my life i would say because i released the energetic and the emotional stuff you know what i mean like you were saying all the trauma that was there so and i think it was really funny i was one of those people so (laughs) i was pregnant during covid oh oh my gosh (laughs) 
I got pregnant, like, we were, like, quarantine fail, and that's where Calvin came in, and we just had Libby, and so we're holed up in the house, and with all of this going on, but one of the things that I found was really powerful through it all was the connection that happened. People had to sit with themselves. They had no choice. Nobody had a choice. If you (laughs) had any shit you needed to work on, you were doing it then, and you had no choice. It was just, where were you going to go? You didn't have mind-numbing things like going out and having to work and driving and all that stuff. You had to sit in your shit. And so I think a lot of people tapped into that healing and that opening in that space. And so I love that this is the journey that came through was this beautiful aspect of a whole new level up for you, which is really cool. Yeah, it was crazy because when it first happened, you know, obviously like the gym's closed. So I was managing a gym. I was the director of all these personal trainers and they're like, oh yeah, we'll just close for two weeks. And then obviously, you know, COVID happened. And then at the same time, so I'd lost my job. My grandma had just passed away. So many things were happening and then COVID, right? So there's so much uncertainty. And I was like, this is crazy. I needed to do something positive. So I didn't go downhill, you're saying. And at the time I was drinking. So I was also using that as a bit of a coping mechanism, you know, and then I I just kept trying to counterbalance the two. And then eventually like this, our last month was officially like two years since I quit drinking because I was like, I can't keep doing these things. You know what I mean? It's counterproductive to my work. I'm literally putting poison in my body. And as I kept going on spiritually, you know how, I don't know if you drink or not, whatever, but spiritually, your body rejects alcohol, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It gets poisoned. Yeah. So, it, yeah. And it's really funny because I don't realize that, yeah. so sometimes I'll drink, I'll have a glass of wine if it's an occasion yeah. or something, totally. but then the next day I wake up, I'm like, fuck, <laughs> why did I do that? It wasn't something that I was conscious of. You know, I didn't do it consciously. It's just a lot of times they'd be like, do you want to have something like that? I'd rather not. And a lot of the work that we do, I feel when you do drink, it numbs it. So if you're like a healer or you're a seer or this is the work you do, a lot of times if you drink, you're going to numb the actual messages that come through or you might not get them all the way. And so I feel like for me, I was like, that's good. (laughs) I think my my gifts have expanded a lot since, first of all, I've allowed them to, right? I wasn't in my own way um, and removed those like energetic blocks. But also at the same time, now that I'm not drinking, you know what I mean? I feel like I'm more clear channel, you know? Yes. And I just felt like I always felt bad. You know what I mean? I struggled with alcohol. A lot. Like if I started drinking when I was 14 years old, you know what I mean? I was in so much trouble in my teenage years because of alcohol. So nothing really bad happened two years ago, but I was just like, I'm just done. You know what I mean? It was just getting all the signs that it was just contradicting to what I did. You know what I mean? So I was like, this just doesn't feel right. It's like a toxic relationship (laughs) on so many levels, figuratively (laughs) and literally. I was the same way. I started drinking really, really young and it's in our family. It's just, our lineage is drinkers and it got me it got me into a lot of trouble through my teens and my 20s and then finally I was like we're done like I'm breaking up with you I don't need this we're done (laughs) I totally get it so when it comes to movement how important do you feel movement is in all the spaces like physically energetically all of the realms Movement is everything. Yes, I believe in the other aspects. 
But if you don't use the body, then the mind and the spiritual realm aren't going to work as good. You know what I mean? Movement is your energy. So if I'm sitting here all day, I can feel sad. I can feel whatever emotion. You just feel negative emotions. My body feels tired. When I move, I feel energized. You know what I mean? So it's so freaking connected. It's insane. That's why I have to start my day with movement. I just, I love movement. I can't get enough of movement. <laughs> Yeah, I, so for me, a lot of the ways that I work with movement is a lot of pushing energy away. I pull energy in. I hold steady to receive. I pull up from the ground. And if there, that's a lot of how, that's why I was like, I know movement is a big one for you too. And so just trying to always get everybody to get hit on the head with that one is a big one. <laughs> I'm like, maybe if they don't hear me, I'm going to be able to bring other people in here to tell them to. And I teach like Kundalini a bit yeah. in, my, in my work, but, and I also practice it. Like I love Kundalini. It's so weird, but so effective. <laughs> yeah. It's beautiful. And like, I feel like with Kundalini, a lot of times they bring in some tapping too, right? Thank you. Yeah. Which is awesome. I like, is it, so it's probably a lot slower flow than like. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. It's very slow, which I, I personally, I like slow because I work out so much that I like to like counterbalance it with like really restorative, you know what I mean? Kind of yoga. So yeah. I love that. Where would you tell someone to start if they're not used to doing movement, but they want to start and they are looking to release energy, receive energy, those kinds of spaces. Yeah. That's a really great question. I would start with, start small. Set your expectations realistically. They say that we can really only grow 10% at a time. So I think the reason that most people fail is because they're like, they set their expectations. So let's do 10,000 steps. And they're doing like 1,000 to 2,000 now. And then they feel like they failed. And then they're like, oh, I hate movement. You know what I mean? So I would say if you start small, like, you know, five minutes of movement, 10 minutes of movement, and build on that, that's where I would start, honestly. Because I think that that gives you the sense of accomplishment where you don't feel like you're failing. You know what I mean? And I also, I'm a big believer in walking. Obviously strength training is like the most important thing that you need to do. But at the same time, walking is so powerful, but I obviously recommend combining the two, but I just love walking. I think it's so grounding. I like to do like morning, evening walks. Like it's, it's my gym, but also strength training. <laughs> yes. And like for strength training, obviously for women, that's always really powerful. So what would you suggest would be a beginner for strength training? Yeah. So for beginning strength training, the way I do it, when somebody comes to a lot, I work with a lot of beginners. So when they come to me, I like start around the first three months is really focusing around the core and full body workouts and core, but starting small, you know what I mean? Like 20 minutes, 30 minutes, somewhere in there. If you can go a bit more, that's great. But I, I usually suggest building up to that. So that's kind of where we start, but it's all focused around functional training around the core. Cause the core is your center, you know, that's your, yeah. So, so that's what I would suggest. And I, I feel like a lot of times when people hear strength training, they automatically think I'm supposed to lift all the weights. I'm supposed to do a bazillion reps and I'm supposed to go hard and I'm supposed to be covered in sweat. And that's what I want you to be able to explain. You don't like starting small is beautiful. Like hearing that from a trainer is amazing for people to understand. It's just really power. It helps them be empowered too. I feel like because yeah, you, you don't have to be a bodybuilder. 
Yeah, no, no, it's not even about that. You know what I mean? Everybody's goals are different. I think it's really important because a lot of people get so intimidated by it. You know what I mean? Or here's another thing. They think, oh, I have to go to the gym and you don't. I specialize in home workouts. You know what I mean? I personally will go to the gym a couple days a week just because at my level, I need a little bit more variety with the, the machines and stuff. But the rest of my workouts are done at home with dumbbells and a band. You know what I mean? So I think you can get in amazing shape with just home workouts, you know, because I know a lot of people face that fear of like, oh my God, I don't want to go to the gym. You know, it's intimidating. I remember when I first moved out to the DC area, stepping into the gym, I was at the gym and they had the ladies room. So I would go in there and hide, but it was very intimidating. Even though I'd worked out my whole life, it's just like, it's a lot, you know? Yeah. yeah. And uh, I was, uh, I worked at gyms forever. I worked in gyms for a long time. Now I don't, I'm trying to think of the last time I actually had a gym membership. Right. <laughs> I can't even remember the last time I like physically like or energetically handed somebody money. But just being able to work out at home is really, and walking is so powerful. Like you were yeah. saying, I love going for walks too. Okay. So I want to tap into the nutrition aspect. When we tap into like the nutrition aspect of everything, how in like we say movement is really important spirituality is really important and then I wanted to and we worked on mindset also a little bit but then also tapping into nutrition I want that poor girl to feel like she's left out so <laughs> when it comes to nutrition like how I think the way that I really wanted to ask because yours is different than a lot of other people's um, ideas in this space with nutrition how does nutrition like look in your plans you give to people how does that look yeah. That's a really good question. So nutrition is 90% of your results. So like, I don't want to, I'm so glad you asked this question because it's like, I don't want to downplay it at all. The other stuff is all so important. Like you said, there's branches, right? But literally it's 90% of your results. So like if you, I work with people with weight loss specifically, so if your goal is to lose weight, you have to dial in there. Otherwise you can run until the cows come home and you will not see any change, you know? So the way I work with people is, I, I don't do any restrictions. We don't do diets because I came from diet culture personally and I tried every one of them and none of them worked, you know? So I think when I gave myself the food freedom to eat all the things that I love and really teach that, it, it just, it sets you free because you don't feel restricted. And when you feel restricted, you want to binge and it's a vicious cycle. So I personally experienced that. So I help people kind of move away from that and just get into food freedom, just teach teaching them how to eat, you know what I mean? And that's really the magic when you know how to eat and you can find the balance of having the good and the bad foods and nothing's good or bad and really recreating that relationship with food, I think is key. Yeah. And I love that because I feel like there's, there's a lot of like demonizing of food. And that's why I was like, you're going to have a different perspective than a lot of people that are in here. And I yeah. feel like just being able to hear that idea that there's no such thing. I feel like it's the same in like energy, right? Like, there's no good, bad type of deal. It's very how you work with it and your intentions with it. Yeah. So I feel like it's really important to understand that just like your magic, your food works the same way. If you have bad intentions stepping into it, you're going to receive the same. So I love that idea of understanding that there is no bad way of working. With, and I feel it, uh thing also, which I thought was beautiful, is your relationship with food because that's what it all boils down to. Yeah, because I used to be like, I mean, you, you and I are very similar in age. And when we grew up, it was like, 
on all the diets at that time, it was literally, we were brought up, taught that this is healthy, this is not healthy. And if it was not healthy, you were just not supposed to eat it. You know how it is when you tell yourself you can't have something, you want it more. But where if you give yourself permission to have it, you don't want it as much. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's something like mentally that happens, so. Yeah, I always use the, the example, don't look at my shirt. <laughs> and then everybody wants to look at my yeah. shirt. Like there's no, so if I say to you, don't eat this food, you're going to hyper-focus on this is the food I need to eat. Yes. And so I feel that's really beautiful to hear that. It, it, nothing, is, nothing is truly off limits. And I feel like that's really important for people to understand. There's really nothing that's going to be like, no, you can't have that. It's always how you and that food work together. I remember after coming off of binge eating and trying to recover from that space, recovering from binge eating and all of that, peanut butter was a very difficult one to have in the house. Yes. Yeah, I was eating and then all of a sudden I'd look and I was like, my jar is gone. How does that even happen? And because it yeah. was like, I don't, there must be something about like the nutrients that we were missing. Yeah. You know, this is when I, I love peanut butter always, but when I was doing the bodybuilding prep, like he was so strict. It was like a hundred percent strict. And I would follow it all day. And then I'd be late at night. I'd be like, I just need peanut butter. I don't know why, but it was just peanut butter. So I, that's funny. I can totally relate. Yeah. And that's kind of what I had to recover from too, was like that binging. And I think that's why I was failing because I was restricting myself so much that I wasn't allowing myself anything. And then I would just go binge, you know? And that's why I think a lot of people fail is because they're stuck in that cycle. Yeah. Restrict binge, feel bad, repeat. And it's like a cycle, you know? Yeah. And like being so restrictive with like fitness background, if you're a competitor, um, it's a lot of people don't talk about this aspect, but it is so restrictive. And then that night after you step off stage, you, you go ham as much as you possibly can. And then you have that cycle happen for months at a time. Yes. And so it's a really hard one to, so I feel like having somebody with that knowledge you have is so important because you're going to be able to be, if you have it, if you have that, that cycle and you have somebody who's already been there and has already stepped through it, it's just really beautiful to have them put their hand out to pull you out of that. Exactly. And I like to make it as simple as possible too, like in percentages, right? So like I would describe the, the bodybuilding cycle, like 99% clean or even a hundred percent clean and 0% like good, bad foods. Right. Yeah. And then I like to work in the realm of like 80, 20, you know what I mean? That's really what I suggest. Unless like somebody's like, I'm going to the beach and I want to look at the best I possibly can. Okay. Then maybe like 90, 10, you know, and that's the realm I like to work in because when you're like a hundred percent, you're just going to go down that cycle. Like you were saying. Yeah. And it's crazy. It's crazy yeah. when it happens. I never um, ended up actually competing because I was like, this is like, I just could see myself. I was like, I got like six months into the program and I was like, cause he was so strict. And I was like, I just, I, this isn't for me, you know, <laughs> cause I'm not, this is bad. <laughs> um, so for, for me personally, I did comp I like competed for like five years oh. and oh, wow. I would do like three to four shows a year. And the, the thing that worked for me was I wasn't in tune with my spirituality. My mindset was poor yeah. and I needed something to control, which is literally if we tap into the definition of eating disorder, here we are. Yeah. And yeah. so for me, it was one of those things where I was in control in those amount of times that, okay, I stepped on stage. 
I did all this hard work and I was in control and I knew the outcome. And so it was something that was very familiar for me. But then after when I didn't have shows or something to work towards, completely burned the house, you know, burned the whole bridge. And I had to start over from scratch all the time. And so, yeah, That's it was- That's an interesting way to look at it, like, like that you were in control. You had to eat in order yeah. to live. Right, right. <laughs> Which was completely opposite. So what three like guidelines what are three guidelines you would give somebody for stepping into nutrition, trying to work on their nutrition? Hmm, that's a great question. So number one, I would say is I was just mentioning the, the percentages. So number one would be really focusing on 80% whole foods, 20% your soul foods. That's what I like to call it. So 80% is your healthy foods as we like to label them. And then 20% would be unhealthy foods. That would be number one. Number two would be to really allow yourself to learn about nutrition and learn about macros. How many pro like proteins do you need? How many carbs do you need? How many fats do you need? Learning that aspect because that's going to give you the freedom to work in that space of not having to diet. You know what I mean? And then number three, if the goal is weight loss, obviously you want to be in a caloric deficit. But a lot of people I work with, they've been in the caloric deficit, but it's way too low. So making sure that caloric deficit is like the right amount of calories for you is what I would say. Because I mean, even if you're eating so little, I mean, you know how that is. It's just as bad as eating too much and the body's just literally holding on to everything with a death grip, you know what I mean? So getting the right amount of fuel for your body is really key too. Yeah, I feel like so many people are in a calorie deficit, but they also think their calorie deficit is like 1,200 calories yeah. because that's the basic bitch or number less. that everybody gets. Or less. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm always like, <laughs> 100%. And I'm like, 1,200 calories feeds my toddler, yeah. just so you know. Right. It's not enough to sustain for a lot of people. I would say 80% of the population cannot function on 1,200 calories. No. So but some I think people are focusing on even less, and I'm like, oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. It's, it's that, yeah. And I'm always just like, no, you have to eat more. I can't eat more. No, you have to. <laughs> Watch what happens when we do. And, it's and then when they start eating more, then their body adjusts, and then it's all good. You know? Yeah, it's so we, and it's that trust, right? That's where the other aspect comes in of mentality and the mindset and spirituality. Like you got to trust Paul. You got to trust whoever you're working with. You got to just dive in head first and know, just let it happen. That whole yep. surrender space. That's so when, when it comes to like measuring success in this space, how do you measure success for you, your client, when you're working in the fitness realm, how do you measure success? Yeah, that's a really good question. So I think a lot of people get caught up with the scale. <laughs> so I really am a firm believer to not eliminate the scale. I do work with the scale, obviously, you know, I help with weight loss. So we do need to measure it, but it's a once a week thing. And that is it. Because I think a lot of people are so stuck on weighing three times a day for some reason. I'm like, no, no. <laughs> so we work with the scale once a week. Um, we do body measurements and then pictures. Um, and I think it goes in that order, the opposite order of its pictures are the most important thing. You know what I mean? It measurements are second and then the scale and body fat if that's available to them. But I think that, you know, when you're gaining muscle and your body's transforming, you're losing fat, you're gaining muscle. That's a beautiful thing. You're, and you may not see that change on the scale, you know? So I think really releasing that scale obsession is so helpful on this journey and finding other things to celebrate because it's not even just those three numbers, but it's, oh, I can do a push up now. Oh, I can walk long. Finding things like that is a game changer because otherwise you're just gonna sit there and 
step on the scale every morning. Oh, I suck. I mean, I remember doing that, you know, and it's heartbreaking, honestly. And that's how I would start my day. And I'm like, every morning, you know, and you feel like a failure. It's very discouraging, you know. We don't even have a scale in our house. Good. Yeah. I don't. I mean, I'll weigh in like maybe once a month or every other month because I literally had that terrible relationship with it. Why am I letting this number control how I feel about myself? You know what I mean? That's crazy. Yeah. And I remember working with beautiful women and they would tell me like my jeans fit different now and they weren't like super happy about it at first. Right. And then I had to make them do their measurements and what was happening was they were like building a booty. And so your pants don't fit the same when you have a booty. I had, I watched a girl at the gym when I was there. She came in from cardio. She's covered in sweat, stepped on the scale, not happy, went into the sauna. <laughs> Stayed in there for a few, came out, stepped on the scale again. And I was like, my girl, it's not going to give you the answer you want. It's kind of like tarot cards. <laughs> and I think that's why the spiritual aspect is so so powerful I have chills because it's like you're almost like making your worth tied to the scale you know what I mean mm -hmm. that's just yeah. so sad yeah. but I get it and I was that person you know what yes. I mean <laughs> yeah so I literally wanted to just walk over to her and be like don't do it again frisbee the scale across the gym <laughs> and I'm like my my mom was there with me and my mom was like nervous I was gonna go up and say something and I was like I can't only because I don't know where she is on her journey, you know? So me saying something could tip the scales in a whole different way. Yeah. But it was just one of those things where I was just like, don't do it again. It's the same meme you see, the tarot already said it, don't shuffle it again. It's the same yeah. answer. Yeah. <laughs> like we're in the same space, just so let it go. Um, but I, I love that that's like a different way to gauge success and like giving that to your clients to just give them so much freedom. You're not tied to this machine, you know, that gives you an idea of it's not going to give you your worth and it's not going to give you whether you're a good person or anything like that. So I love that. Yeah. So the other one I wanted to ask, what do you have to offer for the beautiful ladies that check this interview out? So I would say the, the number one thing would be my free what to eat guide, because that kind of gives you the, that's so popular right now, because it literally gives you like 90% of your results. So I would definitely get that, which I sent you the link and stuff. So I'm sure you'll drop it in the live. Yeah. Um, and my community, I would say follow me on Facebook because I do most of my lives on there, but I'm sure you'll drop the link to my community too. So both are good. Um, yeah, that's pretty much what I have to offer. That's what I would say. I love it. And you guys can also step in with Jackie as a coach. Like you can uh, get info with her, connect with her, DM her, however you want to reach out. Yeah, to her you can absolutely DM me to, to have that conversation. Absolutely. Yeah, I love this so much. I'm so excited that you got, I, thank you for creating space. If you guys don't know, Jackie takes Saturdays off and she made an exception for us because she's fucking amazing. <laughs> So I appreciate that. And I love how it, we were meeting on 9-9. I was like, that feels very aligned. <laughs> yeah. And then like we're talking, I'm like, 11-11. Thank you so much for jumping in and creating space for us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Yes. And I'll be chatting with you soon for sure. Okay. Sounds okay. good. Have a good weekend. Okay. You too. I'll talk okay. to you soon. Bye. Bye.